All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I'm a Rescue podcast. I'm Tom Clark. I'm Tom Clark. I'm also Tom Clark. All right. Well, uh, this has turned into a cult session here. Uh, no, this is, well, I'm, now you guys threw me off. Uh, <laughs> I'm Steph Clark. There we go. Steph Clark, Tom Clark, the I'm a Rescue podcast. Uh, we are very excited today. Not only are we back in our old apartment complex, uh, we are here with a very good friend, friend of the show, I'm going to say. Dear friend. That's uh, like what people on online say, my dear friend. Right, she is a dear, dear friend. She's the dearest of the friends. Right. I'm actually a dear. Yeah, <laughs> she is a dear. dear. She is. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she, she, we hit her with her car, and uh, we, we're here to rectify the situation. No, uh, live with, with us today, Lauren Pritchard, everybody. Yay, Lauren. Oh, thanks for coming into my apartment. Yes. Oh my thanks gosh. Thanks for having us. Your babe. apartment is always, I'm always just blown away by this place. Like it's always just like this apartment building is the most incredible building that nobody knows about in Encino. Shh, oh, and it's not, in, not Encino. Don't stalk me, please. Um, but I mean, every, right. I mean, like oh, every absolutely. inch of this place is like, is, is being utilized like to its fullest potential. Like uh, if uh, the, the HGTV came, they would be like, eh, we don't need to do nothing. We'll just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah chip beat it. Um, oh man, guys, I brought my screwdriver and drill. <laughs> no, get out of here, chip. Oh jeez, I was going to put in a landing nook. <laughs> <laughs> landing nook. It's where you land with all your stuff after a long day of work. I'm chip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are with Lauren and Lauren, um, is uh she married us she she married us she married both of us to clarify i officiated their wedding i did not marry both of them we're not in a (laughs) we're not that hollywood jeez (laughs) we wish yeah (laughs) i wish you guys oh boy turning into a cult uh netflix cult episode hey whatever sells right yeah um yeah but uh lauren did marry us she she's fantastic if you're if you need somebody an officiant uh hire lauren lauren what church are you with is it the d- universal life church I i've been ordained al- by the internet i am also ordained by the universal life church yes mm-hmm. of modesto california oh, i need to add that to my funny girl events page <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to dig up the uh, uh do you need the the actual form or whatever I sure hope not. <laughs> yeah because i don't know where that is but i do have a uh i do have a bumper sticker that says clergy so i think that'll that's good that's good qualify enough me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lauren and I, uh, I met Lauren around 2002, uh, we were here in, seven years old. Yes. We were seven years old. Just starting in the biz. We were in the, our gang features <laughs> with Hal Roach. Um, and, uh, no, we were, uh, 2002. Uh, I moved out around 2001. What year did you move out 2000. here? Mm-hmm. In 2000. And, um, yeah, so we, so she was ahead of me and we, we, both audition. I had to audition for comedy sports, even though I was a member in Milwaukee where it all started. So, so LA, yeah, like you have to start over. Yeah, this is LA kid. You got to start. Yeah, I had to start all over. Auditioned, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the audition was. I think we just kind of did comedy sports. Right, them, right. And they're like, oh yeah, like, you got it. Yeah. I mean, it it is the longest running show in LA. It's thirtieth year. It wow. Is. So therefore, they had some clout back then. So it was in their twenty right. year. So we had to really prove that we knew what comedy sports was. Right. And I really showed them in that church yeah. uh, cafeteria church. Yeah. where we had the audition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Comedy sports used to be in the old UCB space. That's right. Um, on Tamarind. Uh, that's and I once saw Wayne Rogers there from Mash. Before he passed away. You love any ma- reference to MASH. I love to get a MASH reference into every show. MASH Mountain is the same as the Hollywood sign. 
So it's that used to be my old apartment view where the Hollywood sign is. The other side of that was Mash Mountain. So when the helicopters fly over, Hollywood sign. Wow. Yeah. Really. Crazy. Um, and we live right by where Mash used to used. They used to shoot Mash by Mount Malibu mm-hmm. uh, State Park is right by us. Anyway. Anyways, <laughs> this Mash podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Mash <laughs> Father Mulcahy. Um, and uh, yeah, so we auditioned. So what was that? Uh, were you ex? I, I think like when I moved to LA, I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to get into comedy sports. I think you th- sort of think like, oh, I'll go Groundlings route, boom, Groundlings, SNL, boom, boom, boom. Right. What was your thought when you came out in 2000? When I came out in 2000, I had I had come out working with Nickelodeon already, so I kind of hit the ground running, and I was very excited about it. And I thought, same thing, I'll do Groundlings, become an SNL member, or get on a sitcom. And I was like, oh, it's seven hundred dollars to take a class. Well, I guess I won't do that. Right. I'll work at the Olive Garden or whatever I was doing. So, um. The thing, I came from a place called SAC Theater in Orlando, Florida, and SAC has a very comedy sports vibe because it's made up of comedy sports people that kind of dissolved and became a different thing. Right. So I was looking for that, like, family-friendly, high-octane, fun entertainment where you feel like a family while you're there. And every other improv company I went to the first few months in 2000, they were just so massive that didn't have that family feel of, like, you're all friends in the same company. Just, you get on a team, but you didn't know the rest of the company. And I like the comedy sports. It was, like, at the time, it was, like, 30 people. And so. Yeah, and it was yeah. It's definitely that's one thing I've always liked about comedy sports is it's always, uh, it's never felt competitive, which is also sort of its downfall. <laughs> yeah, it should be more competitive. Um, but, but I played everywhere all, all over town, and right, yeah, just, and it was always like huge audiences. Like I mean, it was like you wanted to get on a show because it was like on Franklin, right by Birds, and like sort of the hip area of LA. So it was like being in those shows was was big. And it it was cool and unique when I went to go see it because I had been playing all over town already doing shows at IO and uh, theater sports where they were playing for other improvisers and other performers and no one was actually a real audience member. And I came from Orlando, Florida, where I grew up entertaining families and real audience. So to go to comedy sports and see like old grannies and the synagogue is over here and then like a bachelorette party, it was like, that's awesome. This is a real audience. It's not... A person looking to get an agent they're just here to have fun that that's unique and cool right yeah it was, and it also attracts good people i thought it was pure yeah you know i think i took you to one comedy sports show when we first started dating didn't you go i to think one? so yeah <laughs> no I, it was fun i remember it being a little long but i liked it i liked the games they were fun yeah and, you, and then you actually did one of the workshops right you i did. did yeah your buddy kurt taught me yeah, Kurt, Kurt was my teacher back in, in Milwaukee, so when I came out here. And uh, again, I did the UCB, USB cord, UCB, UCB, the UCB, yeah. and it felt very business-like. I did a class with comedy sports. I feel like comedy sports should be play- paying oh, us I for get, how I many plug people I plug comedy sports more than anything. But so. I, when I took their class, it was just very fun. It was people my age, you know, it wasn't like 20-year-olds just moving here, right. you know, with h- hopes and dreams still. Right. It was just. It wasn't a bitter group of people. It was pretty <laughs> right. uplifting. There, um, it was like a group that's trying to figure out how to be better in job interviews. That's my, <laughs> that's my type of friends, you know. Yeah, so that's I th- where we met. Yeah, and so I that's think, where you met. I think the other thing was they, um, they didn't have like a, f- a formula. It was just like whatever makes you funny, we'll just heighten that and make it better. And there was never like, and that's how I like when I teach stand up. That's how I always teach. It's like I'm not going to teach you a format. I'm going to teach you what makes you funny and bring that out of you. So I think that's that's why I like comedy sports, even though they give us no money for this podcast. <laughs> we should probably. <laughs> um, they, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole other issue. Um, so yeah, so you did the. Uh, See, so we both auditioned. We both got in. Uh, there was about eight or ten of us that got in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we both came in having been veterans of improv already. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what year you start, but I started in 91. So when I got there, I felt like, all right, I got this. These are my people. I got it. For a lot of people, when they start at comedy well, sports, are 14 and they're brand new and they've never improvised before. Or when they go to UCB, it's their first improv class ever. You right. and I came in having already a decade of performing right. in, under our belt. So that was a different way to join, too, because it was like, oh, I get these people. They get me. And that's a hard thing to go from, because you were a big fish in Orlando. You were in the SAC Theater. It was probably like the... You were the play. it babe, right? I right. wish. I, mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever been the it babe, but I like to think <laughs> I'm, I'm in this apartment. Totally the it babe, right after the cat. But uh, but I had I'd, yeah, I'd done Disney World out there. There's a place called the Comedy Warehouse, which is very Who's Line, like okay. very Who's Line, very slick. Isn't that very where musical show. didn't some big didn't Jonathan Mangum? Yeah, Jonathan Mangum, Wayne Brady's played there, and and then a bunch of our neighbors from the Capri, <laughs> right, Steve right. Furnick and Jen Bascom. And there's a lot of. And it used to have stand-up comics, too. So they had Robin Williams would open for us. Then we'd come out and do a set. Oh, so, my God. Oh, wow. It was pretty great. Wow. Yeah. So, that's, uh, so so then you had to sort of make this leap into L.A. And did did you follow somebody out here or were you? Uh, no, I came out on my own. And uh, at the time, I had a boyfriend that came out as well to pursue our dreams together. And uh, But luckily, I, there was a huge group of a support network from Orlando, Florida. As we mentioned, Jonathan Mangum, Wayne Brady, and a bunch of our SAC theater friends had moved out ahead of us and paved the way and so we had a great group of friends that were still all friends to this day mm-hmm. that ha- were working and doing great and they were in all the commercials and all the things so I felt like all right now's the time to go and I just waited in Orlando till I was SAG and equity and got all my union cards and made sure I was ready and mature enough because I was scared and I also want to make sure that the world didn't end at Y2K so I literally moved <laughs> in January 2nd 2000 so I want to make sure the world didn't end I was in Seattle nothing exploded I'm like all right great I'll come down because you know I didn't believe the Y2K bug but maybe. You never right. know. I so you were in Seattle? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. And then you were just doing improv in Seattle? Yeah, I was guesting up there at a place called Unexpected Productions, which is theater sports. They're really, really strong, really funny people. And I'd go back and forth. I'd fly back and forth for five years doing Orlando, Seattle, Orlando, oh Seattle. My gosh. Yeah, so then the agreed upon spot where we'd both agree on was LA. And okay. Wow. And um, so you. Once you got into comedy sports, what what were you doing at that point? Were you still uh, were you at Universal? Were you what were you yeah. doing to make money? When I joined comedy sports, I was working at Universal Studios doing a stunt show. I was doing the Terminator Two stunt show oh, yeah. <laughs> as Kimberly Duncan. I get murdered every day. I was doing a special effects show. I was wrapping up the tour for Nickelodeon. I um I was also already working at Disneyland. So I. Uh, you know, Disney cast member through and through. So I'd moved from Disney World to Disney Cruise Lines to Disneyland. So I was doing all that, but I got to comedy sports because I was producing an, an improv show in the Valley in Burbank. And James Bailey was like, hey, we keep getting these calls that are looking for your company, but that's what we do also. We do these corporate improv shows that I was selling like birthday parties and corporate events. Wow. So like, you were running it? I was running it. I was I was only 21, maybe 22. And I was running a thing called 99 Blanks and we we're doing shows at the Boys and Girls Club and Chamber of Commerce and and oh, these wow. cool like city hall gigs and James was like hey maybe you could come bring your talent and booking skills to us and we'll do corporate shows with you so that was kind of cool wow. wow yeah and uh that was your co- and that was the, your company mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah. <laughs> he gave all that up yep all that money he fell well, no, for I, it. I rented a theater and went into debt doing it and everything but 9-11 happened and then I kind of was like oh I need a company to help me to do this because there was no one booking corporate shows for a while, not to bring down the podcast oh, wow. a bit. So, yeah. So at that point, I was like, all right, in 2002, I was like, I need to find a, a home of people. Right. Um, yeah. So so you were doing that. And then were you were you still auditioning for stuff? Or Definitely. Yeah. yeah. At that point, luckily, right around 2002, I had just started booking a lot of commercials. So I was living very well 
commercially. Uh-huh. And I was the, the Bank One girl, I think, happened around that time, around 2002 or three. So I became the spokeswoman for Bank One for a little while, which is now Chase Bank, but at the time oh, okay. it was Bank One. So I got to have my face in the you know Bank One Ball Stadium, and I was the Yahoo wow. banner for a few years wow. and on all the ATMs oh, yeah, and stuff. I and remember it, that. Yeah. That helped a lot, yeah, because I was newly single and alone for the first time in my life and having to live in the big city. So that helped a lot. So. Did, did the Bank One lady have a tagline like, uh, was there something that, or was there anything that like, uh, caught Yeah, it on? was, um, uh, oh, gosh, I think it was, um, uh, God, was it, which is your choice? Because it was like you could oh, yeah, choose. What's your choice? They yeah. were the first one to put, you could put anything you want on your card. It could be a picture of a dog. It could be Disney. Oh, yeah. It could be anything. Oh. So that was a big deal that you could put any picture on a credit card back then. Now it's like, yeah, whatever you want. But back then it's like, what? what's your choice? What did you put on your card? I Mine was blue. <laughs> Just <laughs> blue. <laughs> we lie. Ads lie to you folks. Yeah. Don't believe anything in the ads <laughs> unless we book something. And yeah. Did you, when you moved out here, because it seemed like you were already busy right away did you ever have a moment where you're like oh, I miss being in Orlando and this is too much definitely I'm the youngest in a family of seven and I'm the only one all the way out here so it still haunts me that I'm so far away from my family because if you move you know anywhere else you could kind of drive if you need to get there quickly but Florida you're like I gotta fly there's unless right. it's a, you know you're gonna take the whole week to drive so that's really hard because my whole family's very funny they're a big loud fast talking family of all performers and my dad's very disappointed because he was military and engineer and very smart. And we're like, and we're going to be funny and play instruments. He's like, great. So you're all going to be poor. Awesome. Great. So, uh, but my sister and I both work for Universal doing stuff like that. And um, my siblings all are in the symphony, Orlando Symphony down there. I just oh saw gosh. them when I was home. Yeah. And uh, they're all very talented, funny people. So it's tough to be away from them. And I miss them a lot. And I go home now once a month. Wow. But uh, yeah, so that, that was the hardest part was just being so far away, especially during scary moments in life so I was a young kid you know yeah but uh and they, but, ha- they have no desire to move out here oh or, God, no. I mean I not I mean, obviously not now but at no point oh no I've no. only had a few of them visit me even because they're like the big city is so scary with the traffic and all the hooligans it is scary but luckily having Universal and Disney is a nice transition as a theme park employee it's a nice oh, soft yeah. pad to land on right theme parks in my blood being from Orlando <laughs> right so um so you're big uh I don't know if you call it big break but I mean it was a big thing was to get you landed mad tv yeah that was nice. uh which it was sort of crazy it was sort of weird how it all <laughs> played out eventually but what was that like so you you actually what year was that that you auditioned no, it was 2008 for? Actually, 2008 going into 2008 and uh, that was a weird time because i had been booking theatrically and commercially doing pretty well for a little while and then everything had just kind of dropped out for a while and i just wasn't booking i wasn't getting anything and i was very large I was pushing 300 pounds and I just wasn't doing well and I was single and just things were kind of slowly crumbling and my landlord had passed away and this actually goes into my rescue moment <laughs> talk about that yet rescue moment rescue but, moment yeah things were bad I was doing meow. sports meow <laughs> that's, <when> I, <laughs> that's like our new we were like a morning zoo crew we're like meow. Rescue. <laughs> rescue moment um <laughs> So, um, so I was, <laughs> if you want me to go into it, I was yes, we do. very unemployed living in a tiny little one bedroom appoint, apartment and, uh, uh, working a little, like the theme parks had kind of all dropped out. So I was working occasionally, but not enough. And, um, the landlord passed away that had our building. And so they're selling the building. No, it was that weird time where no one really owned it and no one was taking care of it. <laughs> right. And when I, they're rats. I remember we talked yeah, about that. Rats and her car got stolen. Yeah, my car got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> like right in a row. And then her <laughs> rental car got broken, broken into. into. Oh my yeah, God. my car was stolen. I didn't have a car. So I had to rent a car with my insurance company. And then 
I parked in front of Comedy Sports. The rental car got broken into. <laughs> Seriously, so I had to call the same insurance company three days later. Go, yeah, my car got broken into. Again, we already have the report. I was like, no, this is a different one. So put up a new report. They're like, what's yeah. happening? To you? It was like the four horsemen of the apocalypse were going to show up eventually. It well, was just. It really was because I didn't know I had. Well, I knew I had rats. I heard the rats running back and forth across the roof. We saw some in the pool area as neighbors. But and you could you could just hear crunching and 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 chewing. But it wasn't until I started getting these little bumps all over my body, Ooh. and I had this really bad Ooh. rash. I thought I was having an allergic reaction to something, and it was just really bumpy, really really bad. And actually, that night I came to this apartment where my friend Jen used to live, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was the night I got I don't know if it was when I got ordained for her. I think it was the night I got ordained for her wedding or something. The timing was very specific. Uh, came home that night and was about to take a shower, and when I dropped trow, I saw a million little bugs all over my legs. Uh. <laughs> And I freaked out, jumped in the shower, crying like Jodie Foster from The Accused, just laying on the floor, <laughs> and showering myself with the hottest water possible. Uh, ran out and jumped in the car, drove myself to the emergency room, and they were uh, like, yeah, yeah, you got crabs? You got crabs? You got lice? You got crabs? I was like, no, that would require sexual relations, of which I've had none. I've been single for like, at this point, I've been single for about eight years. I was like, nope, uh, that's not it. And they just put me in like a delousing area and like a little quarantine. Going, yes, crabs over here. Scaby crabs, girl. Scabies and crabs. They put on like hazmat suits and they're yeah. like hosing you down. And yeah. they would oh come in the room God. and just point at me with like, you know, double, you know, finger guns go like crabs and i'm like no i don't i don't we don't know what they are and i'd brought some of the ziploc bags i didn't know what was happening and so they were you're looking. so organized that you brought like examples of what the yes. bugs were in a fucking I some samples you poked holes in it so they could breathe yeah. they're like look the crab lady's got yeah. Yeah. great she brought her crabs for all of us great uh so yeah they they tested they were looking up and like literally in medical journals trying to figure out what this was and, um, Which is fun to yeah. have people looking in journals because they, they've never they've studied medicine for years and they've never seen this case. Exactly. Yeah. Oh god, it was awful. And I had these like welts, very itchy welts, and a fever. It was terrible. So uh, they gave me all the st- deloused me, hosed me down. Oh my god! I had to get like lice treatment. I had to put poor ropes into a vet and have him deloused as well. Ropes and, is her cat. Oh, sorry, ropes is my cat. <laughs> Not her boyfriend. Uh, hopefully, they'll be a picture. <laughs> Ropes. Clearly, he had crabs. If his name was Ropes, that boyfriend. They they call me Ropes. Because I know the ropes of life, kid. (laughs) Ropes is my cat, which is my animal rescue story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eighteen years old. She has a cat that's eighteen years old. Rescued him right when I moved to LA. Wow. Wow. It's been a the whole journey has been a long. Sure. He's been all ropes all the time for LA. But anyway, so. Uh, when I got to my apartment the next day, I'd call the landlord, and the exterminator was there. And the exterminator right away looked at the baggie, looked at my welts, went, oh, yeah, it's rat and fowl mites. I was like, what? He's Ooh. like, yeah, it's rat mites. You got rat mites. He went upstairs, and apparently there's a thing called rat and fowl mites, which is if there's uh, pigeons or um, any kind of birds roosting on your you know, air conditioning or on your ledge, get rid of them. If you hear rats around, call people right away because when they die or they leave their nest, these little bugs are left behind that feast off oh, of blood. Wow. And so they're gonna. They only. They only respond to CO two. They they're looking for the nearest uh, blood source. Oh. So they like to go after people who are sleeping or nesting, and um, so yeah. Apparently, a rat had crawled into my bathroom walls during a very rainy, cold season and died in, under the bathtub, like within the walls. So I never saw this thing, but they managed to come out the cracks and crevices of the bathroom onto my bathroom mat. So oh. that's why at night I would get the bites because I would step on the bathroom mat and brush my teeth, and they would get onto my slippers and socks and. Oh jeez. Yeah, so needless to say, I um, uh, they had to tear apart the whole place and exterminate the whole place. I had to go live in a hotel, and then the guy was like, "Yeah, we have to do the whole building. You have to be in this hotel for some time." And I had no money. I oh, had zero oh, the, you money. gotta pay.
pay and for yeah, that? And yeah, you have you're responsible. Well, I didn't because there's no yeah. landlord, right? There's no landlord. Oh. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So it was it was. Not but you, you were also getting a pretty. You were paying like five hundred bucks a month. It was five hundred bucks a month. It was ridiculously yeah. cheap. Yeah, it was like it was a little hovel. But uh, it was that the landlord's nephew was taking care of it, so he didn't know. He was like my age. He's like, I don't, I don't know. We're just trying to sell this place. I don't know what to do. Sorry. <laughs> So, um, sorry about the rent. Sorry about it. So <laughs> luckily, they were so disorganized, I just started canceling my old rent checks they hadn't cashed yet. Oh. And while I was in this hotel they put me in, first of all, when you call and say, like, I have rent and foul, I'd say, like, oh, yeah, we're going to put you in this hotel over here that also had lice. While I was there, there was lice in that hotel, so I had to move rooms because my room had lice. Oh, so it was geez. a whole big mess. Um, but while I was there, I started blogging this thing. And one of my buddies that wrote for Mad TV, Brian Bradley, saw the blog. I was like, you're really funny. You should try to write for us. We have a writer audition coming up that my friend Ryan Smith wrote on that same blog. You should come audition for us. Screw writing. Just come in and audition. So when I went to my oh first Bad TV audition, I was living in a hotel. All of the clothes I owned were from a Walgreens. Oh, my God. <laughs> baggy. And, uh, yeah, and I was covered in bites. And I was like, hey, I'm here to audition for Mad TV. And I, just, I never thought I'd get a call back because I auditioned for them 10 years earlier and was – so bad they laughed me out of the room in a bad way. They were like rolling their <laughs> eyes behind my head, shot, going, "Oh my god!" So I was so unprepared for what that audition was. Right. So now, did that make you nervous going in, like thinking, "Wow, I did this ten years ago. Now I don't want to get in my head about any yeah. preconceived." Or did you not? Or, or did you not care? Yeah. I or had, do you not care? You have nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, I had nothing to lose. My I was already at rock bottom. I had zero money. I was debating leaving LA. I had no one, nothing. I'd gotten the call while I was in the while I was in the hotel that my parents my aunt had died suddenly like all these weird things were all happening at the same time and i had nothing like i ropes was at the vet i was alone in a hotel i had no one with me and i was literally in quarantine until they figured out what was going on and how to get rid of she was in a bubble so i had i and i also never dreamed that i'd get it so my my hopes were so low that i was like yeah i'm just gonna audition at the time too i was plus size and they hadn't at this point I hadn't had a plus size girl like me on the show right. on, on any late night show like that and uh so I went in with zero expectations and then just kept getting called back and be like, well, that was a fluke. I'll do one more. And then I had to, I went in 11 times. <gasps> they just kept bringing 11 us back. 11. It's like, how many times do you have to prove? Yeah. That's insane. And it was it the same? Because even Kimmy had a story of having right. to go in like three. But not that many times. Yeah, every time you go in, there's yeah. more people in the room and they they and they wear nicer clothes and more suits and more suits and more suits. And suddenly you're in, for Mad TV, it was like a, a little audition um theater like a symposium oh. Yeah. oh wow and uh eric who's really funny comedian eric um, andre uh, eric andre was there oh, and, uh, oh, eric cool. ash and a bunch of other there was yeah. really funny people there that were awesome and eric price and i both went at the same time which is amazing and we knew each other from comedy sports so we didn't right. we both get it you know right eric and eric and i were in uh, the dead ale wives in milwaukee together and comedy sports and then we're in a group out here so, so yeah, and then also Matt Bronger was also yeah. who was a comic from Chicago who I knew, who moved out here. So it was like. So what was that call like? Oh, sorry to oh, no, interrupt you. What was that call like? Well, it was ridiculous. I was actually at Universal Studios working with my wife one shift a week. I was at Universal Studios with Mark McConville, another great improviser from Comedy Sports and Super mm-hmm. Ego podcast, and uh, and all the famous things. Mm-hmm. And um, I and was how, how far after? So how far after the first audition does this happen? Like a month, maybe. Okay, maybe a, month. a little right. more, maybe a month and a half. It, but long enough, I was like, I'm not going to get it. And it was just, I don't know, just the, I just didn't think the odds were my favorite. I didn't have the cool, youthful, hip, sexy look. I was just like, ah. I was the lady who was homeless. I was literally crazy homeless lady with rats. I was like, I'm auditioning for Mad TV. Hey, I've got a guitar. And so I play a little guitar for my audition just to set myself apart a little bit. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, I was with Matt, uh, Mark McConville and I burst into tears and he ran up and hugged me, and which was you know, the most emotion that Nordic man has ever shown, I think. He just hugged me and we both cried and then had to do a, a little improv set at Universal Studios. Yeah. Wow. I think I think that's the thing, too, about the audition itself. Now, I, I auditioned one year for Mad TV. I also 
one year for SNL, but it's is it three impressions and three characters? Is that still generally that's a format? Yeah, three characters, three impressions, and you kind of just go, and they just they'll stop yeah. if they need or they want anything else. And then they the cool thing is is the deeper you go into auditions, the more the producers, the directors, and showrunners will tell you, all right, do more of this, do a little less of this. We really like that character. Can you name her something different? They'll start directing your audition and oh. package you in a way that they want you, which is was amazingly helpful because I went and just kind of shooting like buckshot, like I don't know, this is what I do. So they really helped me kind of hone in the audition and figure out what I was presenting. What were your three celebrities? Oh God! Oh Jesus! Uh, I know Super Nanny was my big one that actually ended up making two episodes of the show. Right. Which is pretty cool. Uh, Super Nanny. Oh, and then I did like a weird, <laughs> I did a weird montage of one word impressions because I could do like Macy Gray, Ray Romano, Marge Simpson. I could do like a bunch of just one oh. word impressions, but never long enough to actually sustain it. Right. Uh, I think I did some vocal stuff. God, I'd have to really think about it. Yeah. Um, I did a bunch of dudes. I just played like a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that that's always interesting is the audition team. I know like Eric did something where it was a bunch of celebrities playing poker. Yeah. And that sort of ended up being the, the kind of cut back and forth. So it's like to be able to create something that's sort of interesting and cool to the casting that they haven't seen as opposed to just standing in front of the camera and going into the impressions. Exactly. Yeah, you want to – I think the, the best advice for the, any of those three character three impressions or any audition in general, do you want it to make it less awkward for everyone in the room as possible? Because my first audition, I, I really tried to make it an interview show and make the auditioner right. do stuff with me, and she was so miserable. And she's such a – now she's a famous manager person, Nicole Garcia. But at the time, I just remember her being like, oh, don't make us take care of you. Just come in and do your thing, man. So the best thing is you can do is present it as if it's a sketch on the show without having to have any interaction with anybody else. Like you can do the whole thing yourself, make it a little – a little scene, make it a little, you know, so I right. would do it in a monologue format as if I knew who the other characters were and just play and not need anyone to have to deliver anything funny in return, right. basically. Take I, care of the audition people. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Will Ferrell, his, you can watch his impre- his audition on YouTube, and he said, like, it's just death. It's just it's so uncomfortable. a couple people in the room, nobody's laughing, and you're just... So it's just... like any, like, show in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an open mic in Every L.A. Open <laughs> <night>. <laughs> like or a to... book show. Right. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that is that is a really the tough part. Like, what you just have to commit to whatever it is you do and do it mm-hmm. and not worry about like what do they want it's like they brought you in for re- like just do your thing yeah, and make that a takes big a choice make did, it the right one did you right. f- yeah did you feel like early on when you were auditioning that maybe you were trying to just please the casting directors and and later on you kind of picked up on it or how do you feel where you're at now I feel like I, I think by that time I had the courage of someone again with nothing to lose but also just a little more wisdom and I was older for sure and I think I was I was like think of it as an improv show take care of your scene partner take care of them make them look good make them feel at ease and not have to take care of you have mm-hmm. confidence come in just going like hey I heard you do an actor maybe I can help make a big choice make it the right one be big and bold and have confidence because if you don't believe in yourself they're not going to at all and just put them at ease and worst comes to worst is they'll be like well that you're not what we want but thank you for entertaining us for two seconds right that's the best you could do because you already don't have the job. You already are completely unemployed by the show when you walk in. So you have nothing to lose at all. So, so true. make a little show. Just I, th- make it a show I think that's them. a great notice to yeah. make them enter- entertain them and make it fun for yourself. And and it in turn will be in fun for them because they see so many people. And it's just like, if you make me laugh, like, God bless hoping, you. They're yeah. hoping you're good. They hope you're the right one, A, because it helps their job. But B, they want to be entertained. They're not zombie people. And it's ultimately out of our control they might super want someone with blonde hair and i'm just not that person so that's it that 
right. I'm just going to have to come in and do my best anyway. And maybe they'll think of me for a future project, which happens all the time in our world. Right. So just go in and have fun. Right. So so then you're you're on Mad TV. You're like, wow, this is it. And then it gets canceled. Right. That I killed a, the show. <laughs> a, year la- a year later? We, yeah. We kind of knew going in that it was going to be the final episode. We'd heard that Scuttlebutt, they almost canceled season 13. The reason they kept it going was because – um, Obama was coming into office. There was a lot of buildup with SNL, and they were like, we want to do one more. And they had just started doing more digital uh, pre-tape videos. So they really wanted to carry that one more year further. And this was the last year of Keegan-Michael Key, right? Yeah, definitely. And Jordan had left. Jordan, Jordan had just Peele left in 13, left. yeah. Okay, so so you were coming in. Uh, so th- this is – you came in on the last season. The last season. Yeah, original concept of the show. Last season's okay. season 14 of Mad TV. And now the, right behind us is the signed autograph picture of the wow. cast. Yep. <laughs> you, you know half those people from stand-up, I'm sure. Right, right. See, and right there in the middle. When I was a kid, I liked Mad TV more than uh, SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, the characters were better, I thought. Yeah, I thought like, so, too. The, se- the scenes made me laugh yeah. more. But I think it's it's the same thing of, like, that live feel for the uh, – is makes all the difference and like you do these taped things and they do you know retake it and it just every time it just loses the the improvisational fun of it my favorite moment on the show is my first big live taping day i was so nervous that was the one time i actually had friends come to watch kurt schiller's wife and other people came and um because i had to do stunts and i had been stunt trained at universal so they're like all right i was playing helga from american gladiators who is now my friend on facebook because she loved it (laughs) (laughs) and uh we um they, they're like, all right, there's a live kitten on stage. You have to break a table, rip off Whoopi Goldberg's head. You have to flip all the stuff. You have to rip off Eric Price's arm. There's all these things you have to coordinate and do. And there's a live kitten on stage again. And I'm going to say, right. live kitten on the table. Uh, so uh, the director came up to me and whispered to me. Uh, his name is Bruce Letty, and he's amazing. Bruce Letty, hey. Uh, he was like, the audience is never going to laugh as hard the second time. It's mm-hmm. a live studio. Audience. Try to do it the first time and nail it. Right. Because we have to reset all these props. They're very expensive <laughs> once you break them. And also, the audience is never going to laugh the same way. And we have to juice the audience laughter. It's going to be gross. He's like, just get it one take. And I did. And it was the best. But coming from an improv wow. background, I was like, all right, great. One take. Got it. Right. Awesome. And I was a dancer growing up. So I was like, I'll just memorize it as choreography and then just do it once. That's all you got. And that was my favorite moment on the show for sure. Can they? That's can amazing. people find that on YouTube? Yeah, I'm sure. American, yeah. yeah, Helga on American Gladiators visits the, the set of The View. <laughs> kills everybody <laughs> <laughs> i think i've seen it i think yeah. i've watched yeah. that one yeah and that, so that uh so the show gets canceled yeah what does that uh, feel like it was really hard but we kind of knew i mean again as i said we knew going That's in it's probably gonna be the end and we just were so happy to have that but we, we kind of knew so it, but it was devastating because i didn't really have anything lined up i didn't have a lot of stuff ready to go and, and you know it, it felt a little like a curse like oh man here you, you finally feel like I've made it but I was just so happy to finally have, I'd paid off debt that was the first parking space with my name on it I've ever had in oh, my life wow. so I cried when I saw my parking space so I parked on the street <laughs> my first day I didn't know and I walked in the security guard I was like what are you doing I was like I, I parked on the street I'll move it after two hours she's like you <laughs> spot you weirdo with right. my name on it and I literally cried um, that's amazing yeah it was hard after that because I also lost my agent right after the show closed so I just that was when I moved to the Capri. I moved to the Capri in 2009, so I was like, well, I need a cheap apartment. I don't have a lot going on right now. <laughs> the Capri is, uh, not um, only is it Lauren's <laughs> nickname that Steph gave her, but it's the name of this apartment building that, yeah, that we all lived in at one time. Yeah, this building, I always, this is, I always like this, is that 
everyone lived it. Pretty much everyone in comedy sports lived in this building at one time or another. Yeah. Danny Ricker, who's now head writer on um, Kimmel, lived here. Uh, Eric Price from Mad Eric TV. Eric Price and from lived Mad TV. Each other during Mad TV. Right. Um, yeah, Jen Baskin and, and Jeff Hopkins. Uh, so like, everybody lived here. And uh, so I remember there was a story about when, when Jen Kurt. Kober. Yeah, Jen Cobra lived here, and remember when Kurt and Natasha lived here? <laughs> they lived next door, and they uh, they noticed that a neighbor had a dog, and uh, and it was a no pet building. They're like, "Well, why does that person have a dog?" And this was like 2003 or 2002, and they're like, they, "It turned out that they had a service dog, and then but they got a dog without asking. Like, well, they got a dog, but a dog, and then they're like, "Sir, I'm blind." Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't you can't have a dog, and then and somebody else saw that they had a dog. And I'm, like, I'm gonna get my get a dog, and then they got a dog, and then eventually now our, it's required to have a dog to yeah. be in the building. And they're just they just gave up. They're just right. like eh, it's dog friendly. Exactly, now. they're just like okay, everyone can have a dog. I like, feel like LA did that in general. There's dogs ever today. A guy had an audition who was, had a beautiful dog. It was a giant greyhound. I mean, this thing is basically a horse, right? And he was huge. It's a beautiful, huge dog, but it's a greyhound. And I was like, oh, is he a service dog? He's like, nope, just my dog can't leave him alone he just had this massive <laughs> beast in the audition room and i was like well yeah it makes sense but everywhere you go in la people have just full-on dogs and yeah in every, and inside every building the, yeah the dog got the role not him yes, exactly. <laughs> we love your dog if you could leave for a minute um <laughs> um so so yes and that's always weird when your agent that must have been weird to have your agent um drop you does that feel like almost like a relationship where it's like you know, it's like, oh, when I'm at the top of my game, you want me, and then now you don't. Was that a slap in the face or not really? It was tough. It was not their fault at all. It was actually kind of my fault. At the time, um, uh, I, was, I was across the board commercially and theatrically with the same company, and I wasn't going out very much commercially anymore. And so I said, hey, this another commercial company had wanted, uh, you know, uh, agency had wanted to represent me. So I was like, oh, great. Yeah, sure. So I just told my theatrical agent, hey, I'm going to go over this other commercial agency. And she's like, no, 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 you can't. You have to be across the board with us. I'm like, really? I, I'm going to go sign with them. And she said, if you sign with them commercially, we're going to drop you theatrically. I was like, okay. Because the time was on Mad TV and True Blood. Oh, yeah. True Blood at that time. So I was like, well, I'm on two TV shows currently airing. I, she's not going to drop me. And they did. But we're still friends. It's totally fine now. And a big best for everybody. But at the time, I was really bummed because I spent a few years looking for an agent. But weirdly, I had booked stuff on my own. I booked Time at Your Mother and um, Modern Family, I think. No, I think I already had my other agent. But I booked a few shows without an agent, which was cool because I already had momentum. But that was hard. Yeah, it's hard. The the uh, Modern Family audition. I always I I've been in f- once for them, and I always find it intimidating that all the headshots are on the wall of people that booked the roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you find that? I I found it very intimidating. Well, I asked about it. I was like, why are they all up? She's like, oh, so we don't accidentally ever put somebody back on the show that's already done. So they literally <laughs> can just look. Oh, really? Like, Great, there they are. And they can also like kind of look at their landscape of their show. Yeah, it's literally like season one, these actors, season two, season so like all the walls are just headshots. I kind of loved it though because it felt like oh I'm in I'm going in with some royalty some Hollywood royalty there's some big names yeah I'm sorry I'm laughing because my cat is right up next to you uh, looking like again like he's on the show yeah Ropes <laughs> is gonna take he's over a the podcast star. what's up buddy <laughs> he's so cute um, I loved it and I'd gone in a couple times with them and hoping for a big role and then they were so kind and so nice and it was a one line waitress role and the guy went well it's not gonna be any funnier than that. Okay, and then the cool thing was he asked me, like, is she cool being burned for us? Because then she won't be able to play anything else ever again. She's going to be this one-line waitress unless we ever use that waitress again. And I had to be a really gross waitress that ate fries off the French uh, French fries off the floor, which I did. I actually did. They kept going, well, give me stunt fries. I was like, that's fine. I've done the first. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what is stunt fries? Stunt fries. Like, fri- they'd, like, reset 
the, the stunt and so I could eat a clean fry that hadn't uh, touched before. They would like put it on a little piece of paper or whatever. I was like, it's fine. I'll eat right. my fry before for, for modern family. I'm fine. But um, I lived in I lived with rats. Yeah, exactly. I think I can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was crab girl. <laughs> I was crab girl. <laughs> um, but the the cool thing was is they do they shoot that show with like a million cameras doing every take so they get everything in almost one take and then move on so i was oh, wow. i was literally there for like an hour that day they threw me in a little waitress outfit did the scene once or twice she's like great move it on i was like oh all right cool like they just fly through it so parenthood does the same thing they have a, they had a million cameras and just did everything in one take and then move on so, wow. so cool but then one week later they were auditioning for the role of the sister on the show which dana powell ended up booking but they're like oh you've been great to audition for that oh we burned you too early and they kind of said to me right it's, it's like, like oh it's like gambling oh, though it's like do i you know, do, do you, I risk not doing it and then... Right. Do you I regret it or you're... Oh, God, no. not at all. No. I was so happy to have the work. <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah. And Dana Powell is best friends with Eric Stone Street, so of course she's going to get that anyway. So it all worked out best right. for everyone. And she's amazingly talented. Yeah. That. Um. So, yeah. So, so you just kind of were able to pick up where you left off more or less. I mean, but to, how are you getting auditions without an agent or was they were d- literally, they would call my old agent, my agent would go, you can just try our cell phone and, or some of them would just look me up online and see where I was and call my cell phone. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah. I think I had a little, I think I, they found me on like MySpace at the time and Facebook and <laughs> it was just some random phone calls. And luckily I had some cast directors who just still had my cell phone number, I think. Um, so yeah, but it was the theme parks kept me paying my rent though. That was seriously my big savior. I was doing special events and comedy shows and hosting stuff for the theme parks that was really helpful yeah that's amazing oh yeah yeah but then disney channel started picking up a little bit after that which was really helpful that so what year is that i think just uh like 2011 probably or 2010 11 i booked um well i had booked imagination movers i think in 2010 which was a a a, a disney junior show then i booked um jesse in 2011 did that 2011 and 12 and then Gamer's Guide to Everything was 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. And then Stuck in the Middle was 15, 16, I think, wow. right? Or 17, 18, whatever. Yeah, so I basically did like one every every two years, which was really wow. helpful. Yeah, because so, my cousins like freak out that I know you. <laughs> they should. I'm really They do. Well, we did, we did that church gig, too. We did an too. improv show with Lauren. Oh, yeah. In, and uh, these teenagers, yeah, in Granada just, Hills, we were yeah, doing they, a Catholic church show, and then uh, they went up to her, wanted pictures, Aww. and they're like, "Oh my God, that is her!" The yeah. from Jesse. They freak out. <laughs> but it's scary because almost every role, except for the Imagination Movers, every character I've played has been really mean on the show. I remember even asking uh, the showrunner about that. She's, "Well, you have a nice face, so it's funny for you to be mean." But when we actually hire mean people, it doesn't work well because kids actually get scared of them, and it doesn't work. But kids like to have like a likable face, mean person. That right. Makes sense. Oh. So it's sort of like your face is, is cherubic and nice so no one's going to actually think you're really mean in real life so I'm like oh okay alright right. I'm going to go with that sure and then uh, well and then we, you met uh, Joe Joe is your husband now that's right uh, he is what what do you know that I don't know <laughs> Joe is yeah. your husband now this is a podcast he's your we're, husband we're, now Tom <laughs> declares yeah. is he my rescue get in yeah. here Joe yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, ropes you're out of the picture um <laughs> No, so what year did you meet Joe? I met Joe in 2011. 2011, yeah. so. Through the theater community and through improv. Yeah, he had apparently had seen my headshot at Comedy Sports a few times. Like, who's that? I was like, come on, really? Sweet, money well spent on a headshot. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, his boss uh, ended up doing improv comedy with me, Rick Stedman. And um, I said, you guys should meet sometime. And then he, he was dating a bunch of hot girls first. And then he really lowered his bar and met All me. right. All yeah. right. Shut up. All right. So, yeah. And then, yeah, the rest, as they say, is regrettable. Oh, I mean, it's history. It's history. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh sorry. Boy. No, yeah, we, were, we got super married. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, – and that was great for 
for both of you, right? I mean, I was like, getting uh, <laughs> getting <laughs> that was a terrible God, transition. You'd be a good therapist, yeah. Tommy. Jeez. Yeah, it's good for both of no, you. I so. think the good things we both had a lot of growing to do. We both learned a lot and had, yeah, we'd both grown up a lot. So we thought each other was good timing. So I think we both were going through a lot of changes in that. Yeah. Well, I think it is. I mean, I got married when I was older. Yeah. I'm, I'm 72. Yeah. Um, looks so good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like for me personally and this stuff, you can listen to this. Um, no, but stuff really helped me in my life. Just sort of, I feel like it really focused me and, and gave me a lot more confidence as far as pursuing Indi- more uh, independent opportunities and not so. not I'll waiting on stuff. Oh, partnering up yeah. and partnering up with somebody that's a good person. Because mm-hmm. we talked about having a. Um, I had a few friends in bad relationships, but Joe has always been such a good guy. Aww. You right. know what I mean? Right? That I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that I really helped make Joe a better person, and he helped me uh, drop the f bomb all the time because he's from Chicago and swears like Joe Pesci. Oh yeah, so really? No, I'm like, no, yeah, I think we both made each other better people for sure. That's sort of stuff with me. Stuff I, I swear more now that I'm Do with you? stuff. Hell yeah! Whoa, <laughs> not that kind of damn podcast. hell. But yeah, know. on stage I don't swear really unless I have permission to. But at home I love it. It's sort of funny. Her act has actually probably become cleaner since yeah. Oh, yeah. we met. <laughs> yeah, because that's what pays the bills, boo. Yeah, yeah we do so many uh, clean comedy shows. Don't give the uh, secrets away. Well, let, pe- let people be dirty. Oh, yeah. The dirty. dirtiest stuff I've ever done is bad TV. Really, I mean, weirdly, the two dirtiest things I've ever done were for Fox Television, which is crazy to think that Fox is that dirty. But Matt TV was really dirty from for what I'm used to because I'm a Disney girl. And then Disney World Florida, the comedy warehouse, we did the most innuendos at those later shows because they had alcohol. So these Disney parents had put the kids to bed and were thirsty for some, like, butt jokes big time. <laughs> there, was a lot of, like, there was a lot of, like, it's a small world after all, motioning to a guy, kind of right. that sort of humor. We're like, uh-oh. Cool. Floppy disk and hard drive, you guys. Those kind of jokes. You're like, oh. So, yeah. I Yeah. We'll, we'll probably go out. to our. Uh, we'll probably sort of move toward our finale here. But Let's, uh, I think I'll definitely be the grand finale of the whole show. Like you probably have to air this last bit. It's gonna be so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's be our ten year show. Um, so, um, but yeah, see. Disney Channel. To go back to Disney Channel has been the thing that paid the bills for the last few years, and that was that has been life changing. And I thank Disney Channel every day for letting me pay my rent in LA. Thanks the, Disney Channel. Now you're same. a regular now on. In a, stuck in the middle. I was a, a regular. I wasn't. I was a guest star, type okay. thing, recurring. So the, uh, I guess the rules are for you actors out there. You can only do twelve episodes before they have to make you a regular. Oh. So you can do like uh, uh, six episodes a season. I think is kind of the deal. And, and generally, most of the shows go only two seasons. Uh oh. Speaking of husband, oh he's boy. coming home. Everybody hide. Hey oh, boy. oh boy. Chicago we have to Joe. Edit around Chicago Joe. Everybody. Chicago Joe. Famous stand-up comic Joe Roach. Do you mind Joe uh, Roche, everybody. sharing a mic? Hello. Can you share a mic with your woman? Yeah. Yeah. Share everything. Uh, lean it. Yeah. Lean it. Lean it a little bit, Joe. Hey. It's like CNN. Uh, <laughs> or MSNBC. And it, this is a good uh, arrival point for Joe. It's like a, a perfect time. Because we were just talking about you two being married and helping each other uh, in her career and how she, uh, we've gone through sort of her whole career and then meeting you uh and, how and this is the bit and this is we want to have an intervention oh no <laughs> <laughs> well you're, you're just saying do you make each other better people i was like yes no i think we definitely have and we help each other with auditions and bounce ideas off each other and pitch jokes and things like that joe every self-tape audition i've ever had at home joe is the, the voice on the other side i am 
the voice. I try to be the voice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and I think, yeah, I think it just helps to have two people in the business because it's, you kind of understand the ups and downs and, uh, no, and some people give us crap for that or like, oh, you're with a comic or, you know, and I think that you have to be either with someone that's a fan of the business or gets it at least or gets it to be understanding about Mm -hmm. all the ups and downs that go into it. I tried to date a fireman once and I literally left a date. (laughs) I left a date because Wayne Brady called to see if I could do a show. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. And the guy was like, what, what? I was like, well, you can come see the show. But he couldn't believe I was willing to leave a date to go to a show with Wayne Brady. Yeah. That was your fire. You had to to put out that that fire. I slid down a pole right into the improv show. (laughs) Yeah, because Tom this week is like, I feel bad. Are you upset? I'm not going to be. I'm going to be in Montreal for Valentine's Day. I'm like, I don't care about that. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. We'll love your wife while you're gone. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, this, is, this is a cult. <laughs> oh, we got we to gotta talk about that. Oh. <laughs> let's break down the details. Um, but, yeah, let, well, um, let's talk about what's on the horizon for you guys. Uh, I guess uh, let's start with Lauren. Lauren, what uh, what do you got coming up or what are you doing? All right. Well, I'm popping up uh, doing a lot of shows around town at Second City, doing the uh, opening night, the improvised musical. I'm touring with Lorelli. We're doing some shows in Ohio, which is pretty cool. Oh, so nice. I think that one might be almost sold out so Lorelli, just to fill people in that's uh lauren pritchard and kelly well lauren Vrooman. yes lauren yeah, kelly Vrooman. Kelly Vrooman. <laughs> together for Lorelli. uh we are the io west cage match champions i guess that's right 69 they, they weeks. beat our uh, record of 68 old milwaukee was our group <laughs> but <I think laughs> we kept it in the family we're both champions yeah uh, but yeah it's we're touring around and then we just got picked up to work on the hoo ha ha podcast which is um oh. elizabeth banks podcast oh and yeah, video yeah. Company. If, um Picked us up to do a little podcast and video stuff in the future. So that's, that's pretty awesome. exciting. Yeah. And it's Thanks. Supportive. Oh, yeah. And I just <laughs> booked a show called Show Offs that's filming in Utah, which is an improvised um, comedy TV show musical. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm and, shooting that in March. And where can people follow you? Uh, oh, they can follow me at Lauren P. Comedy on Instagram or Lauren Pritchard Comedian on Facebook. Or just put in Lauren Pritchard. I'm the one that's not the hot singer. I'm the comedian. <laughs> right. <laughs> that should be on the website. Yeah. Even though yeah. you're hot, so oh, that's thanks. not true. Yeah, and they can, and they can see your, uh, your your Mad TV stuff on on YouTube and stuff like that. Oh yeah, if that's you Google awesome. Lauren Pritchard comedian or Mad TV, you'll find all sorts of clips of me being aggressively over the top. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joe uh, Joe's does uh, is a stand up comedian and uh, and he's also acting. He acted with stuff in a commercial <laughs> recently. Yeah, we killed it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I'll show you the clip. Yeah. Um, what do you got coming up? You got um, well doing some stand up around town um, at Flappers and and about town and uh, currently working on a script uh, for the Asylum. It is a disaster movie. The Asylum oh, nice. producers in, uh, of Sharknado. Oh my goodness! Wow. So we're going uh, high art, doing some high art, high concept <laughs> stuff. Do do uh, some other animal attack the Asylum or? Or no? I'll never tell. Oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> Where um, can we follow you, Joe? Shark a cane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me at uh, it's Joe Roach on Twitter.com. And uh, I think we're both our names uh, .net. So okay. We couldn't get this Joe Roach. Dot, Joe Roach. Net. R O C H E. Joe Roach. Oh, I thought you were going to say That's you right. guys share a Facebook Lauren account. Pitcher. I thought <laughs> you were about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you get a chance, debate politics with Joe. Uh, <laughs> I got to stop obsessing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Engage. Engage on uh, Twitter. 
Um, so as for, uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, thank you everyone for who's, uh, left reviews. We really appreciate that. I believe Johnny Beaner just left a review for us. Oh, oh nice. Johnny. And Jim, um, Jim left. So oh, Jim Eaton. Jim Eaton is actually supporting our podcast. Yeah. Uh, sponsor. And, and that's something we should mention is if you, if you, uh, either via Venmo or PayPal, 20 bucks. I'll um, send you my panties. Uh, oh, no, uh, that's, oh. uh, that's for, that's uh, 10 bucks. Okay. Um, for 20 <laughs> bucks at Tom, Tom dash Clark dash 13 or uh, T Clark seven zero one six. Anyways, it's on the anchor.fm page, but you can get a free I'm a rescue t-shirt. Uh, or not a free one. You give us 20 bucks and we'll send you a t-shirt. <laughs> that was a nice way of <laughs> making it sound like it's free. Yeah. I, I sort of, that's how I fool people after shows. I'm like, yeah, it's a free shirt, 25 bucks. Um, <laughs> it's an honor to be on your show. We have an I'm Rescue shirt somewhere, and we big are time. big fans of you guys because you're always playing somewhere, you're performing somewhere. If you look at their Instagram page, it's ridiculous how much they're both all over town performing. So it's great to have a wonderful, talented celebrity friends we really care about and love. So thank you for being in our lives. Well, thank time. you. You guys, yeah. You I guys paid her $20 to oh, say that. Well, and I got panties. I got <laughs> a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> you got two pair of panties. Uh, check out stephclarkcomedy.com. Uh, also, uh, funny at Funny Girl Events on all the different uh, platforms there, Facebook and uh, uh, Instagram. And uh, funnygirlevents.com, tomclark.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a review. Thank you so much. Meow. <laughs>